welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's doing well, enjoying their week. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I am a six-degree black belt in the universal martial art, a fifth-degree black belt in the Taekwondo martial art, and then also, too, for the past two years, I've been studying and training in Kung Fu and in Kabuto weapons. And we're here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe. So today's example comes to us from the first Karate Kid movie, when uh, Daniel comes in for martial art training, and Mr. Miyagi has left instructions for him to paint the house. And then he spends the whole day fishing. Now this is a peculiar scene, because Miyagi leaves for the day, so he's not supervising Daniel as he paints the house. I believe this is done for two reasons. First of all, now he trusts Daniel to do a good job while he's gone, making sure that he uses drop claws and he doesn't make a mess and he, and he does a quality work. Okay? Because being a dad and telling your kid to do anything always involves trust. So since Daniel is proven himself to have good worth ethic and attention to detail, Mr. Miyagi thinks that it's okay to leave him there to do it. Now, the second one, why did Mr. Miyagi leave him there? Okay, he didn't have to go fishing. Okay, I believe that this is a metaphor in martial arts training. <laughs> that eventually a student must do the work themselves. And we will talk about this during the martial art training part of this episode. So today's topic is paint the house. Paint the house. A classic Karate Kid topic. Okay? Now, um, when I was a kid, um, I can remember, you know, you look back in your life and you're trying to remember how many times you did something. And I, I can only remember painting the entire house twice in my life. Okay, um, our childhood home, uh, my brother Scott and I painted the whole house ourselves. Okay, we had just added a new addition to the house, including an extended living room, a vestibule, and a three-car garage. So dad wanted us to paint the entire house for it to all match. So we uh, proceeded to make our way around the house, okay, painting. Now, um, also too, um, and we did that with like, uh, pads and rollers, and uh, we had siding, so we used a lot of those pad things uh, and brushes. Um, then uh, when I was in, I had a house in Texas at one time. I lived in Texas for two years in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and um, I uh, decided to paint my house, um, and uh, I bought one of those paint sprayers, okay? Um, and I painted the entire house by myself in just a little under two weeks, um, doing a little bit every night um, after I worked a uh, eight to 10 hour shift. Um, so I'd come home, switch into paint clothes, very disciplined, had uh, some kind of dinner like Taco Bell or something. And then I would jump right into my painting clothes and start uh, painting. So when I got the whole house all done. Um, paint sprayers, I think are much easier to do the job. You just gotta make sure that you don't overspray. Um, as you paint. 
But anyways, here it goes. The work task of painting a house. Okay, first of all, you have to decide on a color. Um, one of the things that's fun about deciding on a color is paint looks good on a little swatch. Sometimes it looks good on a little area, but you really can't tell if it's going to look good on the entire house until you paint a big area. So I always recommend getting a tester and then using the whole thing on a wall outside. Okay, because then you can truly get a feel for what it's going to look like um, all that same color. Because like, for, for example, uh, in Florida here, a popular color is like an aquamarine color. Okay, I'm not saying anybody's painted their house this color. Actually, I've seen one. Okay, but it sounds good on paper. Like, oh, aquamarine, it's a great color. I'm going to go ahead and put it on my house and have a Florida house. But then you put a little swatch on it and you realize that that color would be very overpowering being the entire house that color. Okay, so you decide against it. Maybe you do a gray or medium gray and then use aquamarine as your trim color. Okay, so you're not overpowering it. So that's why it's important to make a quality assessment of what paint color you would like. Um, you have to go buy your paint. Okay, decide how much you need. Okay, usually on an outside job like this, I would buy a five gallon. Um, but once again, you may want to buy a gallon first, test it out, and then commit to that five gallon bucket once you've um, decided. So, um, then you go get your rollers, your brushes, or your sprayer, okay? And then you can do it any of those, two, any of those ways. Uh, you need your drop cloths, and don't be stingy on the drop cloths because the problem is, is that as you move, like I have a lot of drop cloths at home, and it's really nice when you're painting a house both inside and out that you have a lot because then you don't have to stop and readjust that cloth. Every time you adjust the cloth, you run the risk of, paint that's left over on the cloth to um, to get places like get on the get on the grass get plate in the bushes outside um, get on cars on cement of uh, your driveway so there's all kinds every time you move it you'll run the risk of getting paint uh, somewhere inside it's the same thing you know you, get, you run the risk of getting it places so the more drop cloths the better so if you have those long ones that kind of like go along the wall those are the best that's the kind I have and get enough to do a lot of walls so you can keep on rocking and rolling, okay? So first, um, I'm the kind of person who likes to paint around the edges first, okay? Not everybody's like this, but I like to outline my work, okay? And then I like to fill it in, okay? Now, part of this process is to sometimes you have to use that blue tape to tape off what you, um, what you uh, don't want to be that color. Um, now, after you've done a complete coat, okay, and you've coated it, you've gotten the around the edges, you filled it in, um, it looks pretty complete. You're probably going to have to do two coats, okay? So most of the time, you have to do two coats. I'm not really 100% sold these days on paint that says it can be done in one coat. Um, I guess I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't know, but like a lot of times, you need kind of a nice coat of paint in order for you to. Um, for it to for it to be protected, you know, both outside from the Florida sun. If you live in other states uh, with the constant rain or the snow or salt, you want something that's going to have it 100% protected, so that it's all sealed and and done, both inside and or out. 
okay? Um, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Painting isn't too hard. Uh, painting is a tedious job, okay? So you, it's a detailed job, so you got to make sure you do a good job. You got to make sure that you're, that you're, that you're, um, everything's, uh, you're not spilling it over on other things that you don't want painted. Um, but it's a, it's a, uh, a redundant job, anyways, because it takes a long time. Uh, now, once it's done, there's dry times involved. So once you're painting, you make it around your house. You got to wait for it to dry, and then of course you have to apply the second coat. So after you're done with your your uh, paint the um, house. There's different ways that you can, in martial art training, that you can um, practice. Okay, so for example, in the Karate Kid, uh, Mr. Miyagi had Daniel do the side-side motion when he was painting. Now, this is the, the reason why is because he had already done the up-down motion on paint the fence. Okay, so he did the side-side motion. The second reason is because Mr. Miyagi had some kind of wood siding on this house. So the, it was much better to go side side to make sure that you get the cracks between those, um, those sidings. And also, too, to have a nice uh, finish with the brush because you're, um, you're um, with the grain of the wood. Okay, you don't, when you paint wood, you want to paint with the grain. Um, in other paint applications, you would be doing up down with a roller or uh, side side with the sprayer. Okay, so um, the martial art practice is going to focus today on up and down motion and also on side-side motion. Okay, side-side. Um, so anyways, um, the first martial art practice that we want you to try is the inward and outward hand blocks. Now what I call that is, is like doing in, in a Taekwondo and Universal Martial Art, it is a um, open hand outward block and an open hand inward block. Okay, so you do one, then you do the other. And I do this a lot in my studio as a combination. So from here, you ready? Then from here, outward block and then inward block. So you make sure you do the circle for the outward block and then do the circle for the inward block using your hand, your open hand. Now, open hand is great. Sometimes uh, it increases the surface area of what you are um, blocking because an uh, open hand is larger than a, just a fist. Um, it also lets you to control things a little bit, okay? In uh, martial art movies, it, can, it helps you to control your tension of how much block you're doing so that you don't overly heavy block your partner and hurt their arms or body as you're blocking them. Um, so you can control the tension in which how much you, you put the hurt on them. And then um, uh, also, too, in uh, practical martial arts, when you're not concerned about the movie with not hurting your partner, um, you also can grapple. So with open hands, you can grapple and you can hold them and pull them different directions uh, as you see fit. Now, the upward and downward hand blocking, okay? You can modify the open hand outward block to go more to the uh, upward angle, okay? Thus using the back of your hand and a little bit of your arm to block. Okay, now this is done in the Karate Kid movie. He's using more of his wrist. Um, the wrist is fine. Um, it, it's pretty tough as well. However, the wrist is a small target area. So sometimes it's better to have your hand sideways than it is having your fingers facing towards your opponent for this block because then you increase the surface area of the block, therefore greatening your chances of blocking it. 
because you know how hard it is to be precise. Okay, I noticed a lot of my students um, and other students, the precision aspect is something that's sometimes innate in folks. Sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have to work really hard to get it. Okay, so precision in martial arts training um, is very important. And usually, a lot of times, um, people that have that well developed precision usually excel in a lot of different areas. They'll excel in dance, they'll excel in, uh, in martial arts, uh, they'll also excel in other uh, sports and activities as well. Um, the downward hand block in uh, universal martial art and in Taekwondo, we have a double downward block. Okay. However, it's not 100% necessary to have both hands be engaged in this block. You can also do a single downward hand block. Okay, So you combine that with the upward block that I described earlier, and you have an up, down, up, down motion that you can use to intercept things that are coming at you. Now, um, what can you do on the offense that simulates a side-side motion? Well, the first one is a, well, we, used to, we have a, what's called a back fist strike, but you can also open your hand and make a back hand strike. And we use this a lot in the um, American Ninja Warrior program, martial art, uh, kung fu part of our uh, program. And we use the, um, the back hand strike, a firm hand, um, used just like a back fist strike with the, uh, with the fingers extended. Then you can combine that with the round palm strikes. You can go round palm strike, backhand strike, round palm strike, backhand strike. And you can do that side-side motion, just like you were painting, and uh, achieve that kind of martial art training. Now, of course, with all of our martial art trainings, when I mention it in the podcast, I'm asking you to try it 10 times on each uh, hand. Okay, so when you try the blocks, try the, the hand techniques, and the kicks that we're getting ready to describe, you always make sure that you do 10 of each, okay? Uh, that would give you an adequate amount of practice to uh, further your martial art training at home. So, um, for the kicks, a up-down motion is, of course, the downward kick. Now, the downward kick is hard to grasp. A lot of kids in class still don't do that right, even though we tell them how. Um, it is very similar to chopping wood or using an axe. That's why in Taekwondo, it's called an axe kick, okay? Uh, we describe the kicks and punches in the martial art that I teach in the motions in which they, they go because like a downward kick describes what the kick is doing. It's going downward, okay? So someone who doesn't know what an axe or a splitting mole or whatever is, they, um, they won't get the reference. But when you bring up an axe, you kind of bend the arms, get the axe up, and then you straighten the arms and go down, thus increasing your speed and increasing your centripetal force to chop the wood in half. Okay, same thing with the downward kick. The downward kick, the knee bends on the way up and then straightens on the way down. Now, one of the big differences between ours and some of the other martial arts is that we don't bring a straight leg up and down. We also plantar flex in order to increase the range of motion on a downward kick, thus making it better, in my opinion, because it makes it more of a well-versed kick that can be used in many different circumstances, um, 
not just something that can be used after someone is down. Like you kick them in the stomach, they bend over, do a downward kick on their back. A lot of people do think that's the only use of the downward kick. But if you do it right with a nice lean, you can catch them in the chest, you can catch them in the shoulder, you can catch them in the hip with it. Um, it becomes a more versatile kick. Okay, so the one that goes for the upward motion on a kick is the high front kick. Now, I've noticed, you know, um, over the years, we've always done practical kicks, belt level, um, and that maximizes your thrust, okay? However, if you do the front kick properly, okay, um, the same way that we do with it now, with the uh, circular of the knee, the, um, the follow-through motion, the um, almost full extension of the kick, um, you can angle it upwards and still get a pretty good, uh, pretty good hit on a chest or even almost a face level without that much of a risk of getting caught. Um, so that's, that's your upward motion. The, the high front kick is your upward motion, and then the downward kick is your downward motion. So you go up, down, up, down. Um, next, the side-side um, motion for kicks. Okay. Now, um, what you can use is you can use the inside and outside crescent kicks. Okay, we use these in class with a straight leg for the stretching. So the inside and outside crescent kick we use for the stretching. But also, too, in my kung fu part of class, we also use the inside and outside uh, combat versions of this kick. Okay, now in the universal martial art, we cover just the inside combat version, but you can use the outside combat version as well. And that means, the combat version means that you're gonna bend your knee and you're going to flip your knee as you bring it across, thus increasing the speed in which you bring the kick, and you're gonna hit with the sole of your foot on the inside crescent kick and hit with your side of your foot, the ridge of your foot, um, on the outside combat kick, okay? Both are very useful, okay? Um, in the early years of our Taekwondo practice, a lot of people thought that the outside one would not be very useful. However, sometimes I've noticed over the years that it is sometimes hard for certain people to stack the hips and to turn over their hip on um, kicks like the swing kick and the roundhouse kick and the reverse swing kick, okay? Sometimes that side leg flexibility is not as great as the front leg flexibility, and that's especially true with me as well, and I can see the benefits to an outside combat crescent kick, okay? So those are basically the up-down and side-side motions um, that would, I would do in martial arts. So remember, you practice these about 10 times each, each uh, leg, okay, or each hand, and then thus completing your uh, paint the house martial art practice. Now, <clears throat> I have a subtopic today um, about why Mr. Miyagi left Daniel by himself to paint the house. Okay, and that is a concept I call independent training. Okay, so anybody that's ever worked with me before, you know that this is something I'm big on. Okay. Um, one of the things that you can do for your martial art training is working on your pattern by yourself. Now, patterns or forms, um, they're called, they're also called yongs uh, in Korean. 
um, and they're called different things, katas and everything else in uh, Japanese martial arts. Um, but you have to work on your pattern by yourself, okay? Um, in classes, um, sometimes the junior students uh, think that this is a follow me kind of thing, okay? This is not a follow me kind of exercise, okay? Maybe when you first learn it, but not a month after you've learned it, okay? A month after you learned it, you should start, you should be in the working phase of your pattern, not the what comes next phase, okay? I've described this before as a, this is not a fitness kickboxing class. Sometimes when you're in a fitness kickboxing class and you are new, you follow along with the teacher and you do it with the teacher, okay? Um, eventually, in a fixed, uh, fitness kickboxing class, you would start to know the combinations and you would be less looking at the teacher and more focused on the muscles that you're using to develop. And that's when you become more of an evolved fitness kickboxer. However, there was always people that could never learn the combinations and would always continue to follow the instructor and be behind if they could not keep up. But in martial arts, that cannot be. Okay, you have to learn your pattern by yourself. So eventually, you need to do it on your own. Because in martial arts, you'll be tested on this. And this is, uh, shows proficiency and mastery over the pattern. And then you move up to the next belt. So in order for you to keep on moving forward, in order for you to keep on advancing, you have to make sure that you spend the time on your training. Okay, so that's something you have to do independently. And I'm really big on it in class, and I want kids and adults to eventually get to that phase. Now, um, remember that every day, every, every week, every podcast, every episode, we have a secret word, okay? And the secret word will get you discounts inside the studio. Remember that we're still giving discounts on the Universal Martial Art stickers, okay? Because eventually, we're going to start getting the Karate Kid Master Dojo ones to put on your safety gear in class so it looks cool or anything else that you have that's martial art related, like your focus mitts, blockers, anything, okay? Or a, a, a notepad or even your training bag. So um, the secret word today is side side. Okay, I had to say it a little bit like with an accent because it sounds funnier. But Mr. Miyagi was always like, ready, side side. Side, 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 side. You know, so I always said it that way to be funny, but um, it, it makes it a, a funny secret word anyway. So side, side is the secret word today. Make sure that you uh, let me know in class. Even if you don't want a discount, come in and say side, side. Then I uh, know that you listen to my podcast and I appreciate it very much. So um, so anyways, uh, one of the uh, things that... Uh, um, in the Cobra Kai, they said, is it still chores or is there actual karate? And I always say, in order to fully learn martial arts in general, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. So remember that we are here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your day. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.